CabanaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Top 8 Magic. I'm Brian David Marshall, joined as always by Michael J. Flores. Not always, apparently. Not always. We almost had Zvi this week, so sorry Canada. Yeah. Have to settle. I, I was talking to Zvi actually a little earlier today. We were talking about the Modern Horizon set. And he thinks that the big mover in this uh, from this set in terms of the modern metagame is going to be an Infect deck. Plus Infect. Yeah, he thinks he thinks Scale Up is just a huge card for Infect. That's the one that makes it into a six four, right? Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty good. Uh, it's G for a sorcery until end of turn target creature you control becomes a green worm with base power and toughness. Six four. It doesn't overwrite other abilities. It just makes it gigantic and a worm, which means that you know you basically need three cards to win a uh, a game of magic. You just have like a glistener. You go like first turn glistener off, and they're like coming to play tap land. You just kill them, right? Right. Because it becomes a six four with infects, which is twelve damage, right? Uh, whoa. No, wait. So it's no. that doesn't kill them. No, it doesn't kill. You need you need another pump spell. Okay. There are, so there are no, there is no shortage of those. Available. If you, you give them like a plus four, there's a, a fair there's number. There's like of the ones landfall, uh, right? Giant growth that like goes plus four, plus four. If you've played a land, okay. A car, right? Like there's there's no shortage of things that you can do. I imagine that you know you might be able to just sack fetch lands and do something and just become immense them too who the hell knows but you know this is just this is a huge upgrade as far as is v imagining that you remain in green blue so we talked about this a little bit right like green blue obviously gives you the evasive creature he he was blighted agent yeah blighted agent he was thinking that he was also thinking that maybe you could be saltai or even or even black well the thing that you want from black is some hand destruction like you get, you know, you have some little bit of Thoughtseize or Inquisition of Kozilek or something to um, take apart your opponent's hand. It's sort of the same way Gitaxian Probe used to tell you that the coast was clear um, in old modern formats when this deck was really good. And then, uh, you know, maybe that is something that you gain out of this. I think that red actually might offer more. Yeah, and some of these other colors. So, but you know, do you have a a red infect card? I mean, are you... well, no, but you have a card like. Um, well, you have reckless charge, which is pretty. Reckless good charge now. is a great. That's a great card. A that new you could... addition to modern here. Uh, but there's also um, the new pump spell. Right, uh, uh, fist of, of flame. flame. So fist one of flame. R is a lot. Yeah, but so one R, but it's draw a card, and then it's plus one, plus zero oh for each other card you've drawn this card this turn. So if you cast, like, just like a, you know, draw two, discard two. What's the red careful study called? Faithless Looting. Faithless Looting, yeah. So you just draw a card for your turn, and then you're, like, Faithless Looting, then you cast this. I guess that's three mana, but it's at least plus four, right? And you draw three cards. I'm sorry, four, four cards, right? right? Including the card for your turn. Right. Right, you're... Probably going to be in a, I don't know, not a bad spot. Yeah, you're going to be tapped out, though. and I mean, but the game's not going to last four turns. Are you just mugging them? Sure. 
I, I don't I don't think this is better than say scale up and then you know might of old Croza I think is the card I was thinking of yeah that's just 10 right there yeah and then you know if you somehow thought sees them somewhere in there yeah I think that you're just gonna want to have one cast and cost burn spells then. <laughs> that's my solution to everything what uh, what has this format offered for your mono red deck? Oh no! Or not for your for your burn deck? No. Nothing. Really? Just nothing. You just don't get anything. You I just, don't think you so. just have to content yourself. With I all mean, like the there's like the spectacle. There's cards. like all kinds of cards that like people used to like, like Fireball, like Bob Maher Jr. Top aided a uh, an extended, I think Grand Prix with a Fireball deck. Uh, I think also Siyoshi Fujita, or maybe. Um, he designed the deck, right? But it was uh, Nakamura who finished second. And in, Columbus. Yeah, and Columbus with four Firebolts in, in, in their deck. Uh, and then you've got... Firebolt seems like a pretty underwhelming addition to modern. Yeah, and then you've got, you know, the the Patrick Sullivan special of Lava Dart. <laughs> but, like, you know, R for deal one and then sacrifice a land deal one is just not... Yeah. Nobody, nobody's, nobody cares. I like, I like Magmatic Sinkhole as a sideboard card. Cost six, but it has Delve. I it guess. has Delve, and it kills a stupid Gurmag Angler. I mean, you can kill a Gurmag Angler with, like, a Chain to the Rocks. Sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> if that's, I mean, if that's what you're doing. That's, that's what I'm doing. If that's what you're doing, that's fine. You just attack with all your guys. I mean, he, he can't get them all. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's getting in. Somebody's tagging in. He doesn't have horizontal reach. No, he doesn't. He doesn't, he doesn't even have vertical reach. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, uh, he's just, he'll eat like one goblin guide and then they take four. And that's, <laughs> that's all you can ask for in life. You know, you can't, can't ask for more than that. I, I do think there are some cards that are like, like, you know, could be played that are red, but they're not really for like the burn deck. Like Force of Rage you could play. I was going to ask you about that card because that seems like... Uh, I mean, you have to exile a red card, so you're, both your red cards are there, basically averaging three, right? Yeah, but let's say it's, like, turn zero, right? Your opponent is, like, go, and you're, like, force of rage on your turn on tap, right. attack for eight. Right. You could easily be attacking for eight on turn one. Right. Right? That's And you're up a card anyway because you went second. What would, it, what would it take for you to... I mean, can you see yourself legitimately playing that? I mean... Maybe I have to be super fast in some matchup. Like, if there's a matchup where, like, I have to have blistering speed, you know? Right. Where, like, maybe maybe in Legacy. Like, right. what if, actually, how about this? What if I'm just, like, zeroth turn force well, of rage? Actually, is this, is this a card? Like, what, weren't you talking about, like, the... What was the matchup that you were saying? Like, the Tron matchup was, like, a turn. Like, it was, like, a coin flippy kind of... Like, you were both, like, getting to the win on the same turn, and if you lost the coin flip, yeah, yeah, you were yeah. kind of behind. Well, like, does this turn it around? I don't think so. Like, in the actual match that I was talking about, like, I think that the red deck... So, we have a saying in, in my corner of the woods. We don't lose to Tron all the time. It's just when we do, it's in an important match. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, lifetime, you're, like, maybe 89% to beat Tron, 0% to beat them in, in a top eight, or, like... Right. Or like playing for a or slot. Playing for top yeah, like eight, or playing for top eight, playing for a slot, or in the top eight, you will lose to Tron. In all other circumstances, which is like most eighty percent of the time, you're gonna raffle stomp them. But so it's just like, but that's a, the Tron guy's just like, I know it's not good, but my sideboard is full of 
of drag tusks. <laughs> and I'm just gonna get some of them. And I'm just gonna like, look, I literally, I, I, I looked, I looked at my hand, I was just, I remember I had three Monastery Swift Spears in this opening hand, and I was literally just like, and for some reason, he cited in that artifact that stops you from getting like 187 triggers. What's it called? Oh, sure. Yeah, I don't remember. It was in play in game two. I could just destroyed him, right? So I mulliganed to like four. Oh, wait, you brought that in with his stag tusks? I I don't understand, right? So I, I destroyed him game one. I'm sorry. I mulliganed to like four or five game one, and he beat me, right? He destroyed him game two. Game three, I look at my opening hand as three Monastery Swift Spears, but I'm going second. And I was just like, I was just like gritting my teeth because I was just like, I looked at him and I'm like, this guy has a third turn worm coil engine on the play. <laughs> like, there's no way that this, this, you know, so I just like, I look and I look and I'm like, I'm like, if he has a worm coil, which I read him for the worm coil engine, I'm like, can't make this play right i need him to i need to trick him into making another play right right and i look at him and i'm just like shit yes and all this dust this play doesn't work so i look at him and i'm like you have an all this dust and a worm coil engine and he looks at me and he's just like how did you know i'm like because i read you and i'm like i look at my head and i'm like i don't have a <laughs> i don't have a line because like I'm like if I'm like I read him like if he's worm coil engine this is the line right it's gonna be tight but like you, you can do one of those things you lightning bolt your own guy during combat or something you know like to right. steal the thing and then you like leave a guide back block and then shock your own guide his guy's out of position and then you just swing back and you win it close and I'm like shit if he has an all his dust too I can't make the play because he's just gonna you know he's just gonna all his dust me pre combat and gain twelve you know like so I was just like you have both and he's just like. I do. <laughs> and I lost, right? Good, good poker face on his part. And I shred him. All right, so so anyway, yeah, you can't do that on arena, right? Like, yeah. you, look, arena players will never, maybe not never, right? But you just don't learn that skill playing arena. Sure. Right? So anyway, long story short, um, would you be, I think, like, it's more likely maybe if you're playing Legacy, right? And you're playing against Storm, right? And you're going second against Storm. You start there, maybe you can light up the stage on turn one and maybe get into a spot where you can, you know, draw into your fire blast or something, hmm. right? Or, like, something like that. Because I think that your storm matchup in Legacy is okay if you're on the play because you can just mulligan to Eidolon. Yeah. So if you're just, like, which is horrible. Oh, but you have, you have a new sideboard card when you play against the... Uh... When you play against those decks, if you play against the storm deck, you know you, you just have to have a little access to green, you know, and then you could be playing. Uh, where is it? What's it called again? Oh, the storm gain life. Yeah, I think that card is awesome. I would never play it in in a legacy red. Un, deck. Uh, no, uh, not unbound flourishing. Uh, weather, weather the, the storm. storm. I would totally play that in a modern. So I think that like I'm I'm of the mind that you. Only splash one color in modern, right? Because yeah. like, a lot of decks are real aggressive, so you don't want to like give them too much of a leg up on life total. Which is like, I, I think like these red white decks that have green cards, like I pretty much always beat them in game one because they they can't avoid taking two points of damage. That's like you drawing a card. Yeah. Right. So, the people understand that they're like, it's it's no, that doesn't make sense. You know, like, it makes sense. You don't you don't understand, right? Your deck is constructed in a way that you're just going to take two more points of damage than I am, right? Because right. so you have. You're leaning on your fetches different, all this stuff, right? I have a bunch of inspiring advantages that you don't have there. It's like the best card in my deck. So anyway, I do think that there is some incentive in modern to play a red-based green uh, burn deck instead of like a white or a black one 
because then you, you, you have like legitimate reason to play uh, Ancient Grudge and Destructive Revelry. And I think like this format, which is currently full of like Karn, Mycos, and Flattis combos is, uh, you know, is ripe for, for getting them with red-green. I, I, uh, I rare drafted a card for you. Oh! At the Modern Horizons pre-pre-release I was at this past weekend. I think it is a card you will find use for. Sunbaked Canyon. This is for me? Yes. So Sunbaked Canyon is a land. It's rare, as you said. Yes. This isn't a stretch of a rare draft because this is a great card you're probably going to want to own anyway. Right? <laughs> and it's it taps for an R or, or a W, but you have to pay a life. Yeah. Right? So yeah. that thinks you should tear it in half. No okay. one would right, ever, tear it in half. No one would ever play, Go ahead. play a card tear like this, even if it were like in a superior color combination like white and green. Go right? ahead, tear it up. <laughs> what did you tear up? <laughs> I teared up a common. <laughs> Brian created a sound effect. Um, but this is basically this is a... Horizon Canopy. Horizon Canopy, but in the best color combination. Yeah, I mean, like, how, how sick is this card for your, for your burn deck? I don't know. I, I, I have put some thought into it. I'm not sure how many I would play. You're, this is guaranteed damage, right? Guaranteed, like, damage to you? Yeah. I under, I, I Super under, guaranteed. I don't know. I'm not saying it's not good. I'm saying I don't know how many I would play. Because, like, originally I'm just like, I'd just slam four. That's probably a recipe for disaster. Yeah, also, I don't think you want four. But, yeah. like, but, like, boy, if you could turn two of your lands into cycling lands, essentially. Yeah, so the other thing is the more cards like that that you play that are not mountains the or plains, the yeah. worse your fetch lands get. But more importantly, the worse your your Chain to the Rocks get. Sure. And like Chain to the Rocks is like one of my, if I, when I'm playing red, white, that's like one of my signature cards and for good reason because you just really can't avoid making top eight or better when you're playing Chain to the Rocks. Like, so are we down to one copy? I, I don't know. I think the card is probably outstanding. And, it, but it just, the problem is it's a great card. There's no way to look at this and not say it's a great card. But there's also no way to look at this and say that this actually fits into the structure of the burn deck which is so actively tapping all of its mana every turn and, you know, really getting, trying to get 100% out of every single aspect of magic, right? Like, the burn deck attacks, it attacks quickly, it uses all of its mana, it fights the opponent in a non-interactive way, it, um, it while, while also presenting uh, positions for interaction, it's, uh, you know, so dinging yourself every turn. It's not great, so I guess we'll play four. I, I don't. I don't. It seems. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think. I think. It, I mean, it's certainly at least one, right? It's. A, it's clearly a good card. Right. I just don't know how many I'd play. Maybe. Maybe I'll play twenty lands, and it's just my twentieth land. Yeah. I've been down to nineteen. Recently. Oh wow! Yeah. That's pretty uh, intense. Is that well, cool? my red deck that I've been playing in modern doesn't have anything that costs two, other than Idol of the Great Revel and three, Searing Bloods. Okay. Every other card in my deck costs one. So oh, okay. when you're when you're that low, you so what, what would you cut to go up to twenty lands for that? I don't know, probably probably a searing blaze. Yeah. Right. Like, um, well, I don't know. Maybe, but that deck is red black. Right. Yeah. It's harder to get away with that in red white because then you have to play with lightning. You basically have to play with lightning helix. Right. And if you're in red, you basically have to play with Boros charm. So the advantage of the red black deck is you have all these sick cards that are. Not as good as the red-white cards, but they're not that much worse, right? You're like, it's like, it's, you know, maybe 15% worse than the red-white version, but 50% cheaper, right? Like, right. you're way ahead on that exchange over time. 
you just, you know, a lot of the time the burn deck wins because you just drew like five one casted cost cards that deal three. So if you get like one Swift Spear or a Goblin Guide twice, they're just dead. Or people start on 14 in modern. Right. So like, all right, if I have five, I'm just like, all right, I just cast them all by turn three. You're literally dead if you start off on 14. Right. You know, so. So I got, I got to draft, certainly I got to draft Modern Horizons um, over the weekend uh, at the pre-pre-release. And I open up my first pack. I've never seen either of these cards before at the time. And my two choices that jumped out for me is the rare in my pack, which is Fallen Shinobi. This sounds like a ninja. It is a ninja. So Fallen Shinobi is three blue black for a 5-4 with ninjutsu. Two black, blue. So just to remind people, ninjutsu is a, a mechanic from Kamigawa block. Right? Yes. From Betrayers of Kamigawa. Yeah. Kamigawa block, you know, the, the greatest of blocks. Yes, I think I, everyone I, will agree. I, I, I certainly was a fan. I uh, didn't lose a lot in Limited back then. I didn't play any Limited, so I also... Actually, for a long time, that was the last pre-release that I played. I think I did not play in a pre-release for like seven years, but I won the Kamikawa pre-release. Guys, uh, I, I got Sakura Tribelder. I had like three of them. Oh my God. And I think I had like Sensei's Divining Top and Sakura Tribelder in my pre-release deck. And I looked at Sakura Tribelder and Damage still went on the stack back then. Do you oh remember God. when Damage on the stack? And, I, and people, the top deck in Standard was Affinity at the time, right? Yeah. And I looked, looked at this card and I was just like, I don't know how this isn't the best creature they've printed in like, I don't know how many years. And people are like, what are you talking about? This is like a shitty ramper growth. I'm like, no. Like, if you have an arc bounder, I have a drive this, I block. What do you do? Like, all right, I sacrifice an artifact to keep it alive. I'm like, yeah. So basically, I save myself two damage and I'm up two cards right now, right? Like, do you not get how good this is? And they're like, it's not that good. Turns out it was very good. Yeah. <laughs> Staple card. Anyway, Fallen Shinobi has some additional text. Whenever Fallen Shinobi deals combat damage, this is a very ninja thing. You yeah. gotta get in. Yeah, you gotta get yeah, in. Yeah, you gotta you gotta and get are, in. And there are plenty of things in blue and black that are unblockable or evasive. Oh yeah. No or flying, like a one one yeah, flyer. Yeah. Or a one one unblockable. Yeah. yeah. So you gotta give him a little love tap, and then um and then that player exiles the top two cards of their library until end of turn you may play th- <laughs> those cards that mean both? <laughs> yes. Without paying their mana costs. Yeah, I didn't pick this. Wait, so it doesn't matter how much they cost? No. So, like, you're playing against, like, Eldrazi Tron, and you hit them? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, if you hit me with this card, it might suck, right? right. Like, I might get, I might take six, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you're playing against V with this card, you're taking an extra turn, <laughs> and you're drawing, like, additional two land drops, and you're attacking them for conservatively... 31 damage next turn, right? And they will sacrifice all their permanents and you will get additional two land drops, right? Yeah. Literally, I hit Zvi, I'm like, Primeval Titan, and they're cool. I don't even know if those cards are legal <laughs> in modern. They, I think at least some permutation of them are. I'm just kidding. What I'm saying is that uh, clearly there are people with Ulamogs. Sure. There are people with one uh, Again, engines. we're talking about draft here, though. I, I was just you didn't take the, you, you did You read this card? Yeah, I didn't take it. Well, first of all, I think this... I, is there a deck that can play that? A black-blue deck that can get to that much mana? Like, that's a lot. Four? Four is a lot. I mean, your pants are down. In modern, if you're tapping four... Yeah, but you tap it. Like, it's uncounterable. It's not a, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not a creature. It's, it's not... not it's, a, it's an ability. Not deadable. Yeah. Right, so the prop... This is my algorithm in modern. Yeah, I'm not saying... I'm not saying... 
I'm talking about my first pick of the draft, and you're talking about playing Zvi in a constructed side event. It's modern horizons. It's not draft horizons. But it is a draftable set. It That's is. how the pre-releases are going to be. Or so I've heard. But when is that even happening? This, this weekend. weekend. Shoot, man. Can I try to do a midnight? No. Oh, wait. I could just go do limited at Montessi instead of... Probably, yeah. Should, should I bring my bag? Should I bring sleeves? What do I do? My magic bag is so heavy. I'll give you some sleeves. Are you going to go to the same event as me? No, well? I'm going to be in Roanoke. I'm going to SCG Con. Yeah, so where are you going to give me these ma- magical sleeves? I don't know. I thought... Maybe- I own sleeves. I just don't want to lug my bag around. You know, it's like my dice, my deck... Oh, so here's my new thing. Say you play We're just like, not going to talk about my first pick at all. Huh? Let's say you play like both Liliana Dreadhorde General and like Tybalt in your in your constructive deck. Yes. Just for sake of argument. Yeah, okay. There are a bunch of different things. You could play like Hero Precinct 1 and Liliana, right? You can play both 1-1 one, one and 2-2 two, two Mike Flores tokens. To some degree, this might shape my deck choices <laughs> for the next year. All right, you didn't take that card. What did you take instead? I took Root Widow back. Oh my, come on. It's a spider. Because they made this card for you and forgot to make it your preview <laughs> card. I hadn't seen it yet when I took it. It was the first time I saw it. I saw that. Everyone's just like, what, what a whiff this was. Why did you give this to Brian for yeah, his preview was, card? To be fair, Blake said he messed up. <laughs> All right, but, well, if you were angling on getting a future preview card by not criticism of Blake... You just failed. No, I didn't criticize him. He said he, he said it publicly in Twitter. Now, now you just did it again. Like, out there for the world to see. I've mentioned it multiple times. I already. think you probably just. I think you probably just DM. I think I owe money. <laughs> That's what I tweeted. I'm like, clearly, I owe like money. Yeah. So this is like this is like a very Beckerish card, also, right? Yeah. So a two-four reach for four mana. Yeah. Is a very classic. You know, Mike Turian will top eight a constructed yes, Grand Prix. Yes. True story. Mike Turian top eight a constructed Grand Prix with two Grand Prix four. Toronto. <laughs> two four for four reach. Yeah. But he it was also, a mantis. It wasn't a spider. It wasn't, and he also had striped bear in that deck. Yeah, yeah. He had a lot of cards that cost and four the, that had only two power. Didn't he have the griffin too, the white griffin? He that did. was also cost Mi- four. Mist moon griffin. Mist moon yeah. griffin, yeah. Yeah. Other people were playing Ophidian, Boomerang. Uh, serrated Biscalian. Well, yeah. I don't think so. They they didn't have the serrated Biscalian Vodalian deck yet because I don't think that any permutation of Mike's luck would have been able to beat that version. <laughs> that, that was like the machine gun deck, right? Like yeah. you you tap kill all of your opponent's stuff. Yeah, the green deck can't really contend with that. But they had Aphidians already, yeah, right? Yeah. But the Aphidians were playing alongside like Azure Drake, right? right. Or Cloud Elemental, at that right? Point, right. Right. Not like. You know, the Biscalian combo, which was unbeatable. Yeah. For them. It wasn't yeah. unbeatable for, like, a mono-red deck. There you go. Two four for four. And then it has an additional ability of exile your creature from your graveyard, create a one-two uh, spider token with reach, and then for each spider you control, uh, your opponents lose one life for each. This is not a constructed quality card in modern. I, I, again, it's not what it, that's not why, that was not my criteria for choosing it. Was was because it was a graveyard card with spiders, which is kind of my thing. And they were like, "Hey, listen, we're here at the uh, Loading Ready Run pre-release. Let's have some fun." And I'm like, "Well, Shinobi, Fallen Shinobi sounds good, but it does not sound as much fun as drafting around a spider." So, I mean, there are a lot of cool cards in this set for 
For limiteds. For limiteds. So you only played once? I played a couple times and then played a bunch of times like off camera because we were just having fun. I mean, Crows and Tusker, a longtime favorite of the podcast. A card that I have played and constructed far more times than has been viable. Um, the Genesis. Those two cards go together like yes. peanut butter and chocolate. Peanut butter and more peanut butter because there's always, it's just great. Um, yeah, I got to pull that off a couple times so actually. We, we actually played your draft deck. Um, same deck against each other before starting to do this podcast and because of all the crows and tuskers etc we ran out of lands oh yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> we, so we, you had like, Iuli's influence in your deck right yes a card that i think is probably going to be an exciting constructed card so you, yeah, this is one of the things i was going to get to asking you about yeah via our discussion of limited here mm-hmm mm-hmm Mm. I'm listening. So why don't you get to asking? <laughs> well, let's talk about limited more first. Okay. No, no. <laughs> so um, we're so, but then Iuli's influence requires you to have lands, but there were none in the deck because yes. we <laughs> searched them all out with the land searching mechanics. So what? What? what where do you see Iuli's influence going in, in in modern? I think this card is unbeatable for some matchups, right? So if you played like a first turn land or elf, you right. stuck it. It doesn't die, and you go like second turn Iuli's influence. I just don't know how you can lose, right? If you go, like, if you have, like, a Life from the Loam deck... Right. Right? You just, like, loam them, um, and, you know, it's it's bananas, right? Like, you just you just make as much... But you spend two two mana per turn, never miss, a, never miss a land drop, and make, like, X... Minimum 3-3. Three, three, I'm sorry, 3-2-2 three, two, two creatures per turn. Right. Minimum, Right. And like, let's say for sake of argument, you have a cycling land, or you have, um, or one of the new canopy lands. Uh, yeah, or you have. Well, no, canopy land's less good because then you're gonna go backwards in your mana development. Oh, sure, I see. But um, if, like a cycling land, or you have just like two life from the loams or something. Like, at some point, you're just making like I don't know, twelve power. Like, how long does it take to win? And you're not missing land drops. That's the other thing. It's it's right. absurd, right? Like, like, what if you were just like a mono green deck, right? And you're just like first turn fetch land Lanowar Elf, like second turn fetch land Iula's influence, right? Like, I just I don't envision losing a fair game of Magic. Sure. Now, if you are playing an unfair, like, I don't even know like, what deck beats that draw, right? So, like, you're gonna clog the board up. The burn deck's gonna deal any damage um, with with ground creatures. If you're playing against like. Uh, maybe like one of these green white decks with um, with collected company. Like if they're going to beat you, they're going to have to beat you with like a combo kill, right? Right. Or they can restrict your ability. You know, maybe they have to restrict your ability to search for lands, right? Like the the green white version has like all those cards that make it hard to search for lands, or they're like trying to exploit like uh, your inability to search. Plus, you know, playing like a lot of. Um, Ghost quarter type stuff. Like you're like, oh, all right, everybody searches for land, but you can't actually search. You can only look at the top of the car. You know, like, <laughs> you know all that kind of jazz. Like that's too slow. Plus, you have like an infinite draw engine, right? right. So, um, you know, unfair decks will be will have a chance. But like, does a death shadow get through forty two two bears? <laughs> I mean, like, I don't understand. Like, how, when will the death shadow why, get through? Why? Like, Grix's death shadow well, can't even remove the permanent. So, but the seismic assault is already something that exists. Yeah, you like Ayula's influence differently than seismic assault. So, seismic assault. Well, it could be good. Um, there was already seismic assault. There was already life from the loam. But what there weren't were one one mana cyclers, right? So, 
one mana cyclers changes the game. Yeah. Right. So that's part of it. And then the other part of it is um, Seismic Assault is an extraordinarily prohibitive casting cost at RRR. If you're at GGG, but you're just going to play like right. all you're, G you're, cards, you're, you're it's not, not a deal. really able to. I mean, other than with a Birds of Paradise or something, you're not able to play a turn three Seismic Assault, a turn two Seismic Assault. Yeah. It's, it's, and that's, I mean, you can, but it's asking for it. And then like, they're both good. Don't get me wrong. They yeah. are both good. I think Iola's influence is very differently good, right? Like, if your opponent has, like, I don't know, a Grim Lavamancer, an Idol on the Great Revel, like, some creature that's on the battlefield that is bothersome to you, that is not very big, a Seismic Assault is better, right? <laughs> if your opponent has a life total <laughs> and, you know, a Declare Blocker step, Iola's influence is not bad. It's it's I actually think it's really really strong, um, and like the deck I envision is like just pedal to the floor with those kind of cards, and then probably topping up on cards like uh, Primal Command, and maybe he's green white right, so very light white splash for for the the new Astral Slide and maybe uh, I like red and six. I like green red quite a bit. I think that this. I think if you're going to do anything that's going to have Land cards in the graveyard. This is just kind of a, so, a sweet, cheap engine. Renin Six was a card that was inexplicably given to Tom the Boss Ross to to uh, to, to preview. To preview. Uh, As opposed to scale up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a, it's an odd choice, right? So, <laughs> you know, I, I I thought about this when they gave it to Tom. I'm I'm a huge Tom Ross fan. Yeah, I like Tom a lot. Consider him a friend, um, and he's. He's largely known as the Infect guy. But I remember back in the day when he, you know, he's just like, you know what I'm going to be playing? You know what I'm going to tell all my friends to play? He was the Naya guy, right? Oh, sure. He was the Naya guy back in the day. Uh, but this, he never played this kind of a Naya card. He was like a Wild in the Cattle kind of guy sideways. So Renan 6 is a mythic planeswalker. I wanted to open this so bad. Like, just you want to own it? I wanted to play with it. Yeah. So it's a Mythic Planeswalker, you know, like a Mythic Championship or yeah. a Mythic Invitational. A Mythic pre-release. They have that? No, but so, you believe me. I did. Everything's Mythic now. Why wouldn't I not believe you? <laughs> so a Mythic Planeswalker for RG, so it's two mana. Right. In the set of two mana Planeswalkers, <laughs> this is the best one they've ever printed, yes. as far as I can tell. RG, if it's three starting loyalty and has three abilities... Plus one, return up to one target land card from your graveyard to your hand. So, some, you know, it's a zero casting cost, many life from the loam. Minus one, run and six deals one damage to any target. And then minus seven, you get an emblem with instant and sorcery cards in your graveyard have retrace. So let's start with the minus seven. You're probably never going to use it your entire life. <laughs> Why would you? It's, it's an extraordinarily underwhelming... Seven loyalty yep. ability. That said, it's on a two casting cost planeswalker. They're not going to give you like chase the mind sculptor's right. ability. Right? right. The minus one is shockingly relevant. If you go first in modern and they're like first turn noble hierarch, first turn birds of paradise, you know, first turn arcbound, well, whatever. Think about you know? what we were talking about just now in terms of this infect deck. That like if you force your opponent to use one of their pump spells on your turn to protect. Their I mean, bur, you know, to protect their uh, Glistener Elf or... Your punch is like first turn Glistener Elf go and you're like, Ren and Six kill it? Yeah. Like, 
I mean, you still got two loyalty on Ren and Six. Right. Um, and then, so the reason I like this card is that plus one ability is not an overwhelmingly strong ability. Oh, sorry, before we get there. Also, this is a red card, not just a green card. It also turns on spectacles. I would totally play oh. this card in red aggro if I was press, if I was splashing green. It's an incredibly cheap way to turn on spectacles. Oh, wow. You just tag them, and now I'm just, like, lighting up the stage. Yeah. That's awesome, right? Yeah. How about them critics? What are you doing to them? I'm skewering them. Awesome. Right? So this card is really good. In fact, it might even be good enough to play in Jund, and you could set up your... You're, okay. This is like a... You don't think so? I don't know. I hadn't thought about it. I've only thought about it in, like, these land-based decks. So, Spectacle is one of the most powerful mechanics that... Is, I think it's really powerful and under under misunderstood. Spectacle is the most powerful mechanic of all time if you take it to, like, the most extreme. Right? There are two things in Magic that are busto. One of them is drawing way more cards than the opponent. The other one's getting a mana advantage. Like, Spectacle just is, like, free one to two mana every time you use the Spectacle. Right? Yeah. So if you're like, all right, I'm going to turn on all my spectacles, and then you cast, like, three spectacle cards that turn, you got, like, six mana worth of value, right? That, for nothing. That's two black lotuses. Think about it like that, right? So, anyway. Uh, and then plus one, the reason I like this card so much is this is the closest thing to a legitimate personal howling mine. Oh, yeah. I can think of in the history of magic. Yeah. Other than, like, a dark confidant. So, like... Uh, and this is, like, way less downside than a Dark Confidant. So, Ren and Six um, would certainly, if you were in a, in a red splash, would certainly go in the Iolis Influence deck. And if you were in a green splash, which you will be, yeah. you will be in Because you're alive from the Loma yeah, anyway. will be in, the, um, in the, the Seismic Assault version. Do you think this is one of the most played cards in modern from this set? I, I think I do. Yes, I think so. I think this is... Just, it's, it's just a very powerful magic card. I think it's good enough to play in... Uh, my compliment to it is to say that it's good enough to play in Jund. <laughs> Jund is a deck... I, I always make fun of Jund, right? But Jund is a deck where every single card is good, right? Like, you can't say that about every deck. Right. Right? Like, the burn deck is about, like, 40% good cards. <laughs> and most of them are, like, the blood crits, right? The lightning bolts. And then after that, it's just all specialists, you know? The, a lot of the, the Infect deck is almost no good cards. It's just all pure synergy. It's not true of Jund. Every single card in Jund is, it, you shine that thing up and put it on the mantelpiece, you know? Like, people are happy to have, like, ah, this is my son. His name is Bloodbraid Elf. <laughs> on the fourth turn, he turned over a lightning. Took two cards from the opponent's hand and dealt six that turn. Good job, son. I, Every I, single card in Jund is like that. No? I, I don't. I'm just grappling with the voice. This is my son, Bloodbird. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. He's an elf berserker. Once. It was turn four. You landed. Are you auditioning for, like, the new Magic animated series? Is that what you're doing? If I were, I would be trying harder than this. <laughs> um, anyway. I mean, I've literally, I guess I was going to say, I've never heard you do voices before. Usually you just imitate your wife. But that's not fair. All of my voices are the same. <laughs> <laughs> All of the voices are exactly the same, Ryan. Um, how about them raptors, Canadian listeners? 
I was in a in a bar in Canada watching the game. Well, watching game two. Watching game one. <gasps> I, really? Yes. When they spanked them? There was nobody in the bar except for a bartender who had no interest in waiting on us because all she wanted to do was watch the game. I mean, she was like perfectly polite because we were in Canada and she brought us food and drinks, but then would just promptly just go sit down in front of the TV and watch and watch the Raptors just <laughs> like disassemble, just the, disassemble champs. the champs from like the opening gun to the end of the game. I watched game two, which was the other night. Right? I haven't. I was on a plane for game two. Raps are only down five with like a minute to go. And then like he's like, why does this stretch? And I was like, oh, he missed it. Clark and I talked about the play the next day. They're like, they left Iggy open. I'm like, first of all, Iggy was 0 for 11 from three in the playoffs at that point. But I'm like, look, you run a, you run a chase down steal. When you miss, you are off your defender, right? Like if you hit the chase down steal, like, all right, free layup. But you miss, there's nobody on your man. And that's what happened. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, I missed it. They were down five anyway, right? Yeah. So they would have had they would have had to score twice anyway, just to even put it in OT. I guess unless they were gonna like do like multiple threes. But do you, do you think the uh, do you think this is just a five game series and Golden State just calibrated and just crushes them now? No, or? I think it's six games, but I do think that you still State... you're but you're still on Golden State. Game one didn't change your mind at all. I mean, Golden State's like a really really like interchangeable team. Yeah. I mean, I do think that so I this I look at it like this. All respect to Toronto, okay? Obviously, Kawhi's playing out of his mind. He'd be lunatic to think that this team is better than the Cavs teams that went to the finals the last couple of years. Golden State beat the Cavs. Golden State with Durant beat the Cavs handily twice, right? Yeah. The two really competitive years they didn't have Durant yet. So, whether they have Durant or not this year and for how many games is going to be a factor, but like like if the you know if the Cavs minus something like Jr. mind you know mind fart at the end of game one last year played against a Durantless Warriors <laughs> like the yeah. team from last year they'd be up two zero right now right? right so like I mean Toronto is obviously not in that position right now and I think that overall they're a weaker team I mean they, when they it's basically the same team you know DeRozan versus Kawhi I mean Kawhi's much better than DeRozan but it's pretty similar teams. Year over year, I'd even argue that, you know, the the all-star center that they traded for their current all-star center was better, you know, at offense anyway. You know, the Cavs beat that team 4-0. Um, I just don't, I don't really think that, that the Raptors are are capable of overcoming, I think, just like, I, I think of like, Golden State is like kind of wave after wave of just redundancy. Right. So they're just like, yeah, you got us a game. But, like, we're just going to outscore you every, you know, for every possession that you have and every possession we have, we're just going to score a little bit more than you are. Right. And if you add that up over the course of, you know, 400 minutes, not 48 minutes, you know, we're, we're going to be ahead. And I think that that's just how they approach it. I, think, I don't think they're worried about individual yeah. game wins and losses. What else have you been watching besides basketball? Um, I'm kind of oscillating between um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. I watched seasons two through... And I'm, like, stuck in the middle of seven right now. Yeah. It's about two through seven over the course of a few weeks. 
I'm watching that a lot. Uh, I want, I'm watching American Ninja Warrior just came back, which I'm, you know that I'm. I know. Crazy, You're training. Crazy fan of American Ninja Warrior. Training with a capital T. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a passion T. <laughs> I am. This is a, a non-sweet and passion, I think. Yeah. Uh, let's see, what else? Um, Probably the best Starbucks beverage. You think? Yeah. I mean, other than the fact that it gives you no caffeine, I think it's delicious and refreshing. It's like my I mean, summer go-to. This is a wonderful drink. I, yeah. I am obviously drinking one. Yeah. So let's see, what else am I watching? Uh, I, I haven't watched Fleabag yet. People are saying great things about Fleabag. Fleabag season one was great. Yeah, I have not watched that yet. Yeah. Um, I'm going to watch that. Are you Brian? I am. Oh, I'm Des. Oh, hi, Des. Nice to meet you. All right. Yeah, we're back. That was my sound effect. That was your sound effect? I am trying out the new magic show, speaking of TV shows. Um, I am watching also some wrestling. Yeah. You, you look down on wrestling. You think it's I mean, I just don't. I just. I, I mean, no, no, I don't actually. I'm actually excited about some of the new wrestling stuff that's starting up. That new league Kobe's been talking about. AEW. You mean yeah. AOC is talking about AEW? Well, also. I'm, I'm basing it mostly on talking to Toby about it because and Toby talks to me a lot. Because Vince McMahon can go fuck himself and his whole whatever. I'm just not interested in him or his family and so, giving them money. And so I can tell so you, it's uh, always been a huge detriment to me or deterrent for me in terms of getting into wrestling which seems like it should be in my venn diagram so i'll tell you i listened to a podcast today i i, I pretty habitually listen to a podcast called talk, talk is jericho which is done by chris jericho who some people consider to be the greatest wrestler of all time i don't consider him to be the greatest wrestler of all time but he's in the he's he's up there he's very very he's the first undisputed wwe champion he's very good uh i listen to his, his podcast about 60 percent of the time I did a podcast this past week called The Emancipation of John Moxley, which is about one of the WWE's biggest stars who just defected from WWE to AEW. It is such an inspiring podcast. It like made me want to live a better life. Cool. Like and he's just talking about how like um like there's nothing Vince McMahon can do to him basically. He's just like he was just like, My truck's paid off, my house is paid off, my mom's house is paid off. What am I going to do with $10 million? I don't drive a Maserati. And I'm just like, I can't believe it. Like, he's just like, because like, Vince really wanted him to see. He's like one of their big stars. He's, yeah. like, he's, like, he's, like, he's like, you didn't open the envelope? He's just like, there ain't going to be Brock money. That's all there. He's like, there ain't going to be Brock money. I wouldn't take it. Brock is Brock Lesnar. He's just like, he's just like, what am I going to do with $10 million? <laughs> I was just like, Wow. To have his, I would, I would have stayed in the WWE That's for, awesome. for ten million dollars. Yeah. Right? I mean, instead, he's just yeah. like he paid his own money to like make a trailer yeah. about like leaving WWE to yeah, like go to. This, AEW. this is the first time I've ever been remotely interested in in wrestling, um, and that's because it sounds kind of like cool and like it puts no money in Vince McMahon's pocket and might do the opposite actually. So it's founded by so the Khan family who own I think the Carolina Panthers, right? Yeah. Are there the money behind it? But like, there are four wrestlers behind it who are this guy called Cody, who is his name is Cody Rhodes, but he can't be Cody Rhodes because he's Cody Rhodes in WWE, even though it's his name. Yeah. So he's just called Cody. He's Dusty Rhodes' son, the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, who's okay. a legendary wrestler from even before he worked for Vince McMahon. And Cody, he he's the first one. He just like left WWE. Just like they're not they're creative creatively stifling. They're not using me well or whatever. And or whatever, see you. He was like a mid card guy in WWE. He went on to like be the biggest international star of all wrestling that's not WWE. 
is two guys called the Young Bucks, who are like brothers who are a tag team, and they became like bazillionaires selling Young Bucks t-shirts at Hot Topic. So like the joke is like, is AEW really a t-shirt company, right? Sure. Because these two guys are like, it's our family business. Every member of their family is just involved in the Young Bucks marketing empire. And so the thing is like, they make okay money from being wrestlers, but they make stupid money selling Young Bucks t-shirts. That's right. So, which is great. And this guy, Kenny Omega, who's like wrestled one match ever in WWE, but he was like, he's widely considered the greatest wrestler in the world right now. And he's was only in Japan. He's Canadian. And so these guys are all friends, and they're friends with Chris Jericho, and they basically made AEW. So it, it'll be exciting to see. Um, you know, I, I think Vince McMahon is is kind of past a point. They say he's a genius, but he's kind of like past a point sure. right now. I think that's the thing. And, and it, I don't know how many things people say about him are true, but certainly yeah. there's stuff that is personally distasteful that I've heard. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I can't, I can't espouse an opinion. I, I, I just love wrestling. My, my cousin dated his son, Shane. Really? Yeah, in college. Shane is my age. Oh, maybe, so maybe, it's, maybe it's a different... No, Shane is his son. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Shane, so Shane is my age, and Shane is a maniac. So he's literally my age. He's in his mid-40s. And... He used to be billed as like you know Vince McMahon's son. He's just like a wrestler. Like Shane, I, I think Shane. I, as far as I can tell, Shane sold his equity in the company, right? Yeah. So he's. I don't think he's like he's not like Stephanie who like owns the company. That's his sister. Yeah. I don't think he owns the company anymore. Yeah. He's on air talent, and Shane is a lunatic. He's just a billionaire's son. Okay. Yeah. He's not like an athletic phenom or something. He jumps off of insanely high things through things it's crazy it's a great linkedin page jumps off insanely high so I, I i distinctly remember this because i was at a like at a startup company like 20 years ago he's my age right it's 20 years ago and we our company had gotten a meeting with wwe or wwf at the time they're like oh we're meeting with a guy called shane mcmahon uh and i'm like shane mcmahon like and they're like yeah and i'm like which when are you meeting with him? You're like we're meeting with him like Tuesday. It's like two two days after the pay per view, and I was just like he jumped off like a forty five foot like building into a trash can last night, and they're like no no this is the CEO's son. And I'm like that's who did it. They wouldn't believe me, right? He literally like jumped out of like he's he's a lunatic, right? Uh, I mean and I I mean that in like a good way, yeah. right? He's just he he's clearly giving his body to the. Yeah. To the audience. So, like, the audience super appreciates him because he's not, like, this athletic phenom. He's literally a billionaire's son, and he's just putting it all on the line every night. And he's got, like, white hair. It's not like he has, like, <laughs> one of these Adonis bodies. He's got... But anyway, I'm actually, I'm a, from that perspective, I'm, I've, I've always admired him. Yeah. Like, I don't know why he would do that, though. Like, he should be, like, Paris Hilton, right? <laughs> like, I have lots of money. Like, you know, why is he jumping off of buildings? I mean, you could argue that she kind of, you know, you're just looking to feel something and make a spectacle. She's she's certainly done that in her youth as well, right? I mean, he, spectacle. Like, it was a big story last year. He got, like, he had a ruptured internal damage and then, like, just stapled some Oregon shut and then wrestled in WrestleMania. It was, it's insane. Have you watched Doom Patrol yet? No. When June comes, it's June now, right? It's June. So is young, is young Justice back yet? I don't think Young Justice is back. It's yet. supposed to be back. When it comes back, I'm getting. I'm getting. You're it. just gonna okay. I, I've you know. All right. I guess I could just get it now. Watch Doom Patrol and Titans. What? 
we watched Young Justice first. Let's be, it's just like my favorite show okay. ever. Okay. I thought you had watched it already. Nothing. I know. I know. You should just watch I'm not it. in a why, rush. Why wouldn't you get it? Not I want rush. you to watch Doom Patrol, though. I want to talk about it. It was very good. Swamp Thing is getting well reviewed. I haven't watched Swamp Thing yet. All right. So, what, why are they capable of doing all these great shows on their app? But, like, <laughs> they have, like, they've had TV shows. I guess their TV shows are good. I mean, the CW, like, the CW shows are all fine, right? Like, they were all. You love Black Lightning. I do like Black Lightning a lot. You love Flash, I thought. I I love I have loved Flash. Flash tends to run a did, little. Did you finish so watching Arrow this year? I did because you were in love with it at the beginning of the season. I, I so there are some scenes in the beginning of the season. There's a fight scene in prison. Yeah, in the beginning of the season, which is it's comparable what, to Daredevil's fight scenes in it prison. Is, <laughs> it is not as good. Yeah, because it's more special effects. Yeah, but it's a really good fight scene. It's clear that they were like. All right, Daredevil had a prison fight scene. We need a prison fight so scene. So Stephen Amell. At one point, there was Riverdale had an underground boxing ring with I Archie fighting. Yeah. Stephen Amell fighting in an underground boxing ring. And uh, there was also like some whole prison riot on Daredevil. That all happened yeah. around the same time. So Stephen Amell was buddies with all these guys in AEW. He's like buddies with Cody. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's wrestled two matches. He's like on their team. Oh, wow. He's, I he's, know that. he's just like. He's like, I'm not like, he's like, he's an actor, right? He's just like, he's like, I am an actual member of the Bullet Club, right? Like, he's like very vociferous. He's like, I'm an actual member of the Bullet Club. I am 2-0 and in wrestling matches. Like, <laughs> you ask Stephen Amell, like, he's dead serious. That's he's awesome. just like, he's like, literally, he's just, I did a special appearance at like Ring of Honor or whatever. He, he, he did a SummerSlam in WWE once. And the thing that's hilarious about it is Stephen Amell is like this really good looking, like he looked on TV, he's like ripped or whatever. When he's like in the ring next to those guys, he's tiny. It's right. it's it's weird because like you you look at him and just like he like he did American Ninja Warrior last year, right? And he ripped up the Stephen Amell. Yeah, yeah. Well, he because you know his character on Arrow does the salmon ladder for fun, oh, right? Yeah. For- so I think he, they did this thing where he's just like, I'll do like fifteen feet of the salmon ladder, but you have to give me like fifteen thousand dollars for like Red Nose Day or something. Sure. Right? So they're like, deal, right? Of course, it's it's a work, right? Yeah. Because Stephen Mel crushes the salmon ladder, right? But yeah. it's you know that Stephen Mel could do the salmon ladder. He does the salmon ladder on Arrow, <laughs> right? So, but the guy is like in obviously in insane shape, right? But you look at him next to like his teammate. Now, actually, I'm being an asshole. I put teammates in air quotes. <laughs> you can't see that. They are his teammates. No air quotes. He's just like, I'm a member of the Bullet Club. I'm 2-0 in wrestling matches. <laughs> so, he's, like, anyway, Stephen Amell. Yeah. Probably will make an AEW appearance. So, so uh, if you haven't watched to the end of the CW shows this season, you should probably stop paying attention here. This is sort of spoilery. But all the CW shows, not Black Lightning. Are they all converging on? They're, they're converting, converging on Crisis on Infinite Earths. So the monitor appears in the last scene of, of every episode. Of Air- oh, okay. Of Arrow, of Flash. I didn't get there on... Of Supergirl. And, yeah, like, the monitor shows up and just kind of is, like... When's Batwoman start? I'm really excited Batwoman about Batman. starts really soon, too. I'm not sure if what they're doing, if that's going to get looped into Crisis. And I haven't watched... Apparently... No, it's got to. It, the Batwoman appearance last year... She like texts them and she's like, "You got to come back." And then they did the crisis logo. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, that was it. Then you're right. And then, um, yeah, no, it was it. It's you know, I haven't watched Legends of Tomorrow. So I was. Gonna so say. I was the one. And everyone just telling me that that's the best 
superhero show on TV right now. Legends of Tomorrow? Yeah. It's really campy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, people seem to love that. I I, I watch it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's, it's like overwhelmingly campy. And at the thing is, at the point that they're at right now, it's weird. Like, when that show started, they had, like, a bunch of superheroes on the show, right? Yeah. Now it's, like, White Canary, Adam never uses his suit, right? Like... Mick never leaves the wave rider. Like, it's just a bunch. Like, they just hang out. They're, like, spies. They just, like, <laughs> they never use their powers. Like, yeah. they're just, like, do spy stuff and punch people. I mean, I guess Constantine's on it. Yeah. I have no idea. No idea. I don't I ever watch. I stopped watching it, and everyone started raving about it. It's kind of like every time I stopped watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., everyone's like, no, you got to watch it. It's awesome again. Um, I I love Sarah's character. She's, like, one of my favorite. I think she's a really good character. And I heard that the actress who plays her is pretty inspiring. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She was like, she like tweeted. She's just like, I was skinny. You know, boys made fun of me or whatever because like you know I didn't have a lot of curves. She's like, now I'm a superhero. <laughs> Did uh, and this is supposed to be Arrow's last season, right? Coming up the next season. Yeah, no Felicity next season. Yeah. Again, well, I mean, they everyone kind of bleeds into the other shows. If I'm sure if she wants work, they'll find another show for her. She could go work at Arrow. I mean, go work at Star Labs if she really wanted to. <laughs> no, we know her arc from oh, this season. Oh, we true. know her that's arc. That's true. That's true. But Crisis on Infinite Earth just could change everything. That you could think? Be, that could be, you know. I don't think witness. so. That's not the sense that I get. Yeah. Because that's how they get to, you know. Star City 2050 or whatever. Yeah. Or yeah. 20... 20 whatever. Who cares? 20... Who cares? There's not going to be Earth then, right? Yeah. Apparently, a climate change is going to get us by 2050, they say. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'll be dead by then. It's like yeah. 2019. Are you sure? I don't know. Maybe. No. Maybe. It's like 30 years. I could be dead. Well, I mean, I could if, like, you know, there's no more ozone layer and... Uh, Bees and <laughs> bees. Bees. I don't know. Yeah. So hopefully not. Hopefully not. Um, what? Uh, so I'm gonna talk about my cards that I got. What do you think of this magic card, Mike? Winding way. One and a G. Common. Yeah. Can't, can't so it shouldn't be good. No. Sorcery. Choose creature or land. Reveal the top four cards of your library. Put all cards of the chosen type revealed this way into your hand. So it's just a strictly upgraded mulch. And the rest into your graveyard. So mulch before you just got all the lands. Yeah, it was just like, reveal the top four cards of your library. Put all the lands revealed that way into your hand. This is like, you know what? If you have enough land, you have the option to say, put all the creatures revealed this way into my hand. Can you imagine this card getting played in my commander deck? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I actually drafted four cards that are going to go right into my commander deck in my uh, Rot Widow pack deck from uh, the pre-pre-release. What do you think of this card? Ransack the Lab. All right. These are all cards that just made me very happy. One and a B. Look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. So this is very similar. This, it's like a black telling time. Yeah, but this is much worse than, than the one that puts all the cards into your hand. <laughs> I don't know. I played both of them, and I was very happy with both. Ransack the Lab is also good. 
Well, it's it could get anything. It's going into my commander deck. But if your deck has only creatures and lands, yeah. it's just much worse. What if it has an Iola's influence? Oh. Are you going to have that card now? I don't know. I might have that. But and then, you need to have, like, you need to have ways to get to your one life in the world. That's yeah. What do you think of my, what did, what did you think of Harrow Druid? Another common. I was surprised by, like, some of the commons in this set were really good. Spring Bloom Druid, two and a G for a creature elf druid. That's a 1-1. One, one. When Spring Druid... When Spring Bloom Druid enters the battlefield, you may sacrifice a land. If you do search your library for up to two basic land cards, put them onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. It's a non-disruptible harrow. But they come into play tapped. Yeah, they do. But you get a 1-1 one, one left. Yeah. This is like... But it's a harrow you would instant speed people I all know, the time. I know, I know. But sometimes you get disrupted, and that was very upsetting. Yeah. You, well, also this... This card resolves, and then you do the ability. Yeah, versus yeah. having to sacrifice yeah. the card. Um, card I'm going to tell people that's also a common if you're drafting to keep an eye out for is Marasa Behemoth. It's just a really super strong finisher in this stupid format. Like it's just like oh well, there's people are doing all this fancy stuff, and you just get to play an eight eight for six. It's very good. Yeah, it's is, good enough for construct. No, I do not think it is good enough for construct. What if it was one mana? <laughs> delve. What if it had delve? Because um, it's like a weird card. It just gets plus three. It's a five five for six, but it gets plus three plus three as long as there's a land card in your graveyard. Well, what if you don't which have is not hard to in your do. graveyard? It's not hard to do. But sometimes you don't have it. And it's just a five. And what five if you're playing six? against Ashiok? Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Your Marasa Behemoth is stupid and ugly. I had a lot of fun with this set. Oh, that's the other thing I want to do. I want to... I want to... <gasps> Honor! <laughs> that's a good card. It's, this is definitely a card for people of a certain age. Right? Like, it's just like... It's 43. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mid-40s mid, mid, mid 40s and up is definitely the target audience for Unearth. Oh, Unearthed. my God. I think, did I play this at a Pro Tour? Probably more than one. I, I think you did. Yeah. I'm sure you've unearthed a Phyrexian Negator in your day. I think I probably have, yeah. Yeah. I think I, I, think I was like, I could unearth Skittering cards. I, I was just going to say, you, yeah. have, you have unearthed a Skittering Scourge or whatever that Yeah, because, like, was. you know, you're, I've done all kinds of, like, um, you know, upgrading a Skittering. But you know what you can unearth now? Hmm. A Snapcaster Mage. And then you, you get the, uh, the, the... You can get the unearth and unearth another Snapcaster Mage. Nice. <laughs> then what does the second Snapcaster Mage get? Um, probably a bounce spell for the first Snapcaster Mage. This is a complicated scenario. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't know. I, I, I love Unearth. It's one of my favorite cards. So, anyway, have fun. You should definitely go to the pre-release this weekend. You're going to have a lot of fun with it. I think there'll be, like, lots of cards that are very nostalgic for you. Yeah. And um, lots of cool stuff to do. I think you'll you'll have a great time. I think you should definitely do it. You should, and you should try to find one of the draft ones because I think it's cool to draft. Oh, there's draft really? Yeah, the one at the complete strategist on Saturday is going to be draft. I'm not going to do that. I'm probably going to do um, um, Mondesi. Sealed deck on Friday, on Friday night. night. Yeah, yeah. That's. What... I don't know how it's going to look for sealed, but what if I get like. I don't even know what cards that I would want to have. <laughs> some ninjas, some slivers. And the thing is, like, when you're playing the midnight pre-release, you're so you're like wired and tired. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. 
Well, good luck to everybody playing your pre-release this weekend. I would definitely... Are you going to play again? I, I If there's something going on in Roanoke, so I'm going to SCG Con, I'm playing a lot of Commander this weekend, hanging out. Why uh, don't you play my Commander deck? I, I'm going to try to get it built. We have to add Ovenwald Hydra. Okay. So I am going to try to build Mike's uh, Commander. Did you ever post that list to the to the podcast page? I sent it to you, and then we didn't get... Just like you told me to send carried in those v deck lists but i never did oh okay so if i tell you that these deck lists will all be in the show notes for this mike will take care of it mike is going to post in the show notes for this podcast his commander deck and his deck list from this v podcast clearly we are not perfect people (laughs) however i would point out we've done more podcasts this year than we have (laughs) the last it's like three we've we've passed like the three three year mark. mark yeah all right so I was like, how many people listen to your podcast? I saw Ted Knutson yesterday. Oh, actually. yeah, really? He was just in town. Uh, Here? Yeah, he was in New York. He had some meetings. It was like in and out, like literally. Really? And Usually when he comes, him or his, even his wife will be like, hey. Yeah, no, no, he was he was in and out. But So we just we grabbed a, a quick beer with him before he took off for Newark. But he was like, oh, how many people listen to your podcast? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. And he's like, wow, you're not a quant guy, are you? And I'm like, I am not. So... But uh, if you listen to our podcast, wave and say hi, and I'll count you. All right, this is what you should do. Subscribe to our podcast. They do this thing. Do you notice they, like, have, like, a really short, like, address? They have it every week, right? Really? Yeah, like, it's just, like, we go, um, it's super short. I I, I can't believe I can't remember it because it's so short and cute. Um, And you can just go there and then probably subscribe to our podcast. Yeah, if you go... Go to here. It is apple.co slash top eight magic. What? Yeah. Interesting. If you just go to apple.co slash top eight magic. Are you going to play our podcast? Well, you could just go and you can subscribe oh, okay. from right there. Okay. Nice. Um, what, what? We should be on Spotify. What does like, that mean? Evan and Paul's podcast is on Spotify. They do a horror movie podcast, and I can just listen to it on Spotify. I mean, maybe ours is on Spotify. I don't know how you get on Spotify, though. I don't know. Carrie Dan, please get on this for us, because it would be really cool to be able to just listen to Spotify. Let's see. I'm, I don't think we're on Spotify. but how, You're going to search? I'm going to search. That's how I search for like I can find Evan Dorkin and Paul Yelovich's podcast by searching on here. I don't think so. I don't think it's happening. What? Yeah, what? Wait, Wait are you kidding me? You're so dumb. <laughs> Brian is so dumb. You could just listen to our podcast on Spotify? I don't have Spotify, so I wouldn't know. But apparently you can. And there's even like the Minotaur head. <laughs> All this jazz. That That is... <laughs> that's the show picture now, right? Yes. Are you kidding me? Why would I be kidding you? You're the one who's Is this like an elaborate joke? You like, yeah, oh yeah. The people at Spotify were like, we're you know, get I didn't Brian. know you knew that. Well, you knew we're like Shane McMahon after he jumped off a garbage can. Or I something. don't know Shane McMahon. I know people who know Shane McMahon. So I know people who know Shane McMahon too. Oh my God. We're my like, cousin. We're like Kevin Bacon from two different <laughs> sides of the coin. All right. Well, go listen to us on Spotify. Uh, we're going to go. I'm going to be at the SCG Con this weekend. If you're in Roanoke, and you want to play Commander, come and see me. Apparently, you need some sort of Commander pass, but just text 
me or something and we'll just play. I don't really care. Do you play one-on-one Yeah, we can just play one-on-one commander. Like uh, Nick Cummings and I are just going to play. Okay. We're just going to hang out. Um, but Sheldon's going to be there. Scott Larrabee's going to be there. Gavin Verhey, one of the all-time oh. great Top 8 Magic listeners. Before we go, I have to react to something that you and Gavin were talking about on social media this week. Yeah. He was asking about, like, because they don't want to have oh. shuffling. Oh, yeah. Right? So, like, we'll make, like, land tokens or something yeah. when you do, like, a rampant growth. I have a really strong opinion about this. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, interesting. I, I think this is a terrible idea. Yeah. When you're constructing a deck, and especially when you're constructing a so, mana base. Oh, so why don't you ask the question? So, so what, what Gavin talked about was this idea that Wizards was looking at different ways to build ramp mechanically into card sets without having to go through all of the procedure of searching and shuffling and, and, and doing all that kind of stuff. So one of the options that they discussed was this idea of uh, land tokens that you could put into play. Yeah. I mean, there are other things you so, can So, yeah, he said, let's say we decided to remove shuffling from our new mana ramp effects and move to just one typical land-creating effect. By the way, there's a lot of air quotes in this, which I'm not doing, uh, that puts a land onto the battlefield. Which of these effects would you prefer the most? Look at the top five and get a land. Flip from top until land, which is cascade basically, which mm. is something I've actually talked about for fetch lands for years that you could like name, name Islander planes and cascade cards from the top yeah. of your deck until you hit an Islander planes, create a token basic land or remove it without replacement. I don't know what remove it without replacement means, but, uh, but yeah, so people have been talking about this idea of a token basic land, which feels like a very digital thing to do. Yeah. So you made a snide comment. I wasn't being snide. I, I think it's kind of cool that, Paper is taking a cue from that digital. That paper is taking a cue from digital. There's a lot of stuff you can do, you know, digitally that you can never do on paper. But then as you do some stuff digitally, you do find like, oh, you know, we could probably just do this. So the reason I don't like about it is it's the same as um, some of the other policy. Snide. Some of the other policy decisions that have been made recently. So all these decisions that are made, they're not, they could potentially be net good, right? I'm not saying they're not necessarily not net good, but they're, but you should never kid yourself that you are not stealing from someone in order to give something to someone else, right? So maybe you only steal two from one person and you give somebody else three, right? Like that's net good. You got plus one, but somebody still got their pocket picked, right? right? So I feel the same way about this as I feel about like um, the open deck lists. Sure. The, oh yeah. Right. Which is like. Which you had strong feelings about. Making decks, balancing mana bases, counting how many things that you have. Those are skills, right? right? So you're literally just like saying that the skill that somebody has developed is now being deprecated in favor of not having to shuffle, right? And I, <laughs> Like, who does this reward, right? People who are too lazy to shuffle, right? Uh, I think that... Timekeepers? I don't know. I mean, that's certainly a thing, but I mean, I think that, you know, having to shuffle a lot is certainly a detriment to a game of magic, right? I mean, it's not, it's I not super fun. Not really. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I, I've, I've the kind of person who I've put a lot of thought into. I literally wrote an article this week about why there were two basic planes in my constructed red deck. 
exactly two, right? People are like, oh my god, this. I put a lot of thought into getting the two basic planes into a deck that has four goblin chain rollers. And like, this is my thought process. This is how it works. And it makes utter sense. Right. Okay? And so, like, that's. That's just terrible. You know? Like, it. I played an approach room before where somebody tried to far seek for a basic forest. I'm like, that is the only land in your deck that you cannot far seek for, as far as I would guess. I, and I, I think that one of the things that you do when you're building those types of decks and planning those kind of things out is you're thinking about like thinning your deck out and having a higher velocity. You know, like for yeah. me, for me certainly, I like the idea of like, okay, I know how many lands are left in my deck. I know how much how dense my threats are if I do this kind of like impulse effect or this mulch effect or yeah there there are other and, impacts. You, and you and you lose that you do lose that element uh, if you take that out of uh, you know uh, the process of, of fetching lands right like if Sakura Tribelter is like sack and put a token, put a token land into play it's not not super exciting then I'm like shut the front door that's dumb <laughs> anyway. Just wanted to react to that. I think that's dumb. I don't think anyone should do it. Do you want to share that with me? Share this with Gavin when I see him yeah. on Thursday. Further, Friday? I think anyone who would consider doing that is probably a very low moral quality. <laughs> Actually, tell you what, just nix the whole probably. Yeah. Okay. So Apple.co/slash/top8magic. And you can just search for top8 magic on Spotify. All the places. This is crazy. Please do it so that Brian can say, hey, I don't know how many people listen, but it's more than it was last week. Yeah, that was awesome. I'm going to go tweet about this right now. All right, goodbye. Goodbye.